Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. To care about weaving, to make weavings, is to be in touch with a long human tradition. We people have woven first baskets and then cloth for at least 10,000 years. Welcome to Warp and Weft, the 165th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of art and science educator Phyllis Morrison. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. And you may call me Gwyn, Mary Meat, and we're just Ode and I again. Yep, no car this <laughs> no time. Car. This time is not an injury. Nope. It's oh, just a work obligation. Just, just life, just life. So, but we're gonna just move on from that because you know it's going to be a thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll start with housekeeping. I don't think there's anything coming up right now. So, not imminently. We have confirmed we're going to be attending convocation yes. in February. We have our hotel all. Settled. settled up and everything. No word yet on if we're going to be doing any kind of teaching or presentations there, but we will be present. So if you're going to be at convocation in February of 2022, we will hopefully see you there. Yep. And you can look us up because we'll be there regardless. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We are going to, we're going to attend no matter what, because we want to see our friends again. That's right. And go hear some other speakers uh-huh. and, you know, and do some classes and just do the whole thing pagan thing mm-hmm. with our peeps which we have missed exactly yeah. <laughs> the pandemic problems the pandemic <laughs> problems man i think that's the only major like eventy thing mm-hmm. that we have but and just as a reminder we are not doing the yuling this year yes uh just simply because life <laughs> yeah we just don't have the, the time or energy and also Shipping is bad Crazy. right now. Yeah, shipping is bad this year. So hopefully we'll be able to reinstate the Yuling next year. I have all the patrons through. Oh, that's right. My God, it's yes. the 1st of November. It's the 1st of November. It is time. It is time. And Tar, again, has managed to avoid it. I'm I starting to think he's doing this on purpose. He's, several times now he's missed the first of the month. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm noticing a trend. I, I am too. I'm thinking he's trying to get out of doing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we need to hog time and bring him up next month. I think he's, I think he's, doing, I think he's scamming us. <laughs> I think so. I think you're right. I think we're being scammed. So, hmm, that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. we have to do all the reading of everything now. Mm-hmm. Kitty Catastrophe <laughs> says, may Dictinus bless you, Ode. Yeah, may he indeed. Because here, here we go. Here we go. So... There are 48 kittens. Thank you, kittens. We love you, kittens. There are 31 cats, and their names are Caitlin Question Mark, Nova Misco, Annabelle Lee, Firesong, Abby, Dylan Newcomb, Amanda James, Arcane Jill, Anastasia Haley, Chris Mickelson, Hannah F., The Dryad, JD, Ken Hub, Claire K.R. Miller, Cabra, Michael Adonisio, Rhonda Graham, Inkfeather, Christine Phillips, Squiggy, Elisa Durka, Megan, Coney Briggs, Shakora, 
Rebecca Hillman, Laura Loki, Cindy Barrick, Sorar Kath, Jasmine Ray Bell, and M. Tyval Sari. We love you, cats. We do. And now there are 74 hunters. Oh, my. Okay. No, we love our hunters. We do. We do. It's uh, just all, a lot. All 74 of you, whose names I will now read. Eden Flora. Excellent name, by the way. Yes, that is a good one. Stag Velvet. That's a good one, too. Mm -hmm. Darby. Talia Franks. Justin Harrell. Sebastian Young. Mel Renee. Erica McVeigh. Callie. Crimson Russell. Nietzsche. Duritic Hart. Daughter of Oak. Mach 2556, Alicia Noble, Precious Fire, Heather Lewis, Sophia Duncan, Katie Hare, Roanoke the Wiccan Wizard, Jojo, Gabby Gabberson, Samwise the Blonde, Studio Prey, Martha Kirby Capo, Swan Fairywater, Kirsten Hankins, Charlene Hughes, Goddess Incognito, Logan Olafson, Scheibe, Meg P., Hrolfer, Andy Olson, Cara B, Loriana Lee Knapp, Sprouty, Sloth, Melissa Gerben, Megan Kipper, Corvus Feliday, Kai Oakenshield, Ryan Hopkins, Melkor, Ben Walburn, Roshala and Dasvid, David Dashifin Keys, Emily Hall, Amy Martin, Darian, Sky Poifair, Jim Two Snakes, Scooby, Jax, The Pirate Cove, Juniper Shadowcat, Stephanie Edwards, Pablo B. Fodor, Alwyn Crow, Ushi Ursa, Tamsin Davis Langley, Victoria Selnes, Moon Eye, Alyssa Addy, Ray Lathrop, Rana, Dahlia Darge, Zacchaeus, Jace Helmer, Elora Driver, Jessica Jones, Gary Bearstorm, Charles Howison, and Stevie Thompson. Hail Dictinus. <laughs> Indeed. And we love our hunters. We do. There are three jaguars. jaguars. We love you, jaguars. Their names are Lori Phillips, Kirsten Ray, and Justin Stanich. There are ten leopards, and their names are Nolan Hayes, Nicholas, Luna, Kitty Robinson, Kimberly Squeaky Reynolds, Ellen Veals, Eleanor Faithful, Mackenzie Boyer, Chris Colibri, and Gemma Atkinson. There are five panthers. Their names are Midnight Dove, Melissa Negron Schilling, Alex Robinson, Elizabeth Bull, and Quinn Ann ASMR. And there are five tigers, Carol Canales, Weavers of the Web ATC, Tree Wizard Creations, Amanda Hicks, and Crystal of Apothecary Tees. With a final shout out to, again, El Ribeiro, who does not have a patron tier. And we love our, let's see, who is it? Our Jaguars, Jaguars leopards, leopards, panthers, and tigers. tigers. We love you all. Uh -huh. And we love all our <laughs> listeners. We love all our big cats. <laughs> we, love our, we love our big cats and our little cats. We love all our cats. We love the pride. Mm -hmm. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus, indeed. I think that's it for housekeeping. I think it is. Okay. So we are therefore house kept and house swept. That's right. Originally, I was going to do a different topic for this week, but in episode suggestions, quite recently, they were talking about not magic and sewing magic. Mm -hmm. And I became obsessed with this idea and decided we were going to talk about it this week because I wanted to cover it immediately. 
this also, I think part of the reason this was so interesting to me is that mm -hmm. right after we did the Good Neighbors episode two mm -hmm. weeks ago, mm -hmm. I had a conversation with the Candy Kingdom on our Discord about Faye who have associations with technology. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the points that got brought up during that discussion was that that's true even in older folklore, because mm -hmm. you often see the Fae interacting with spinning wheels and That's things right. like that, which were, and spinning wheels, although we don't think of them as having been pieces of technology, were actually very sophisticated technology for their time. Mm -hmm. And so that conversation, and then someone shortly thereafter mentioned talking about textile magic and, and textiles in, in folklore and things in the episode suggestions channel, and the, those things just converged in my brain. And here we are. And, and I decided, yes, this is the best topic yes. for right now. Well, and the great thing about uh, magic that involves fabric or sewing or knitting or creating, crafting something as you are. Right. As you're building your intention magic. into it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Building your intention into it is that very fact is that you can really focus in mm -hmm. on your intention and you can really, it, it's, it's sympathetic magic by right. its very it's nature. It's a very practical kind it's of magic. Practical. And I think it's also super appropriate for right now mm -hmm. because we just passed Samhain. Yes. We're starting November. Mm -hmm. We're going into the darkest, coldest times mm -hmm. of the year. And that's a great time to sort of settle into your home place mm -hmm. and make something. Exactly. You can and you can make something that will bring peace or prosperity mm -hmm. or strengthen relationships. Or you can also use the, this kind of magic is very versatile. Uh -huh. You can also use this kind of magic for cursing. That's right. You can use it to break relationships mm -hmm. if you need to, to. To bind people. To sever ties. Yeah. All um, kinds of really creative uses for knot and textile magic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One of the, the sort of baseline things I think that everyone's thinking of right now, and so we should just get out of the way, is witches' ladders. Witches' ladders are a type of folk magic. Mm -hmm. They've found some old witches' ladders, like, buried in places and, like, in the walls of houses and things. Mm -hmm. What they are is that they are braided cords that have objects braided into them mm -hmm. going down the length of the cord. It's just a straight line. And they think the original uses for witches' ladders were curses. Uh, the, the folklore is that uh, if you found a witches' ladder in your house... It meant a witch had put a, a killing curse on you and you would sicken and your livestock would die and you'd, you'd lose all your wealth yes, and man. your family. And the only way to undo it was to unknot all of the points along the, the cord mm -hmm. and, and disassemble the witch's ladder. So Take they out all the objects. Exactly. So they would destroy be, them, bury them, whatever you do with them. Exactly. So, so the folklore was that you would find them like hidden in the foundations of your house or whatever, and that would be, you know, a witch had, had put a curse on you. And so that is still a way that you can do a witch's ladder. You can absolutely, especially because of the way a witch's ladder is designed, it involves tying objects into the cord. Into the cord. And so it's great for, if you have physical tag locks, mm -hmm. tying those directly into the cord, and then you add, you tie in the other stuff that you, the bad stuff, the cursed stuff into mm -hmm. the cord, and that binds them sympathetically together. Right. But I think a lot of people today... Yeah, use, most people today don't make curse ladders. Right. That was their traditional use. Mm -hmm. But I think today the majority of people who use witches' ladders, they do them for protection, for mm -hmm. health, for uh, romance. Right. <laughs> really 
any any sort of spell intention. Uh, mm -hmm. a, a witch's ladder isn't a particular category of magic. Not it's really. a method mm -hmm. of magic, right? So it can be it can be retasked to virtually any intention. Absolutely, any intention, and you can. The nice thing about it is that you can, um, you know, you can pick the cords that you use, the yarn mm -hmm. or the string or whatever you're using. Um, you could. Pick a color, a corresponding color to your intention. You obviously you pick items to attach to your to your cord, to your ladder that is going to strengthen or enhance your intention. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing this specifically for someone, you can put tag locks. Tag locks of you know you can put their name on a little card and mm -hmm. attach it that way, or have a like a ribbon or or something something that is personal that's attached or that's to them. attached to them some way. You can even use hair. You mm -hmm. can you can do a witch's ladder. In fact, a traditional way to make a witch's ladder was to use someone's hair right. as as part of the cords. Mm -hmm. So you can do a very basic witch's ladder with just one piece of string. Yes. You just tie knots down the that single piece of string and use those knots to tie things onto your cord, and then you have a very basic witch's ladder. Mm -hmm. A more traditional way is to have three cords and you braid the cords and your traditional plait. a traditional plait. Yep. And as you're braiding them, you braid these objects into mm -hmm. the three string cord. With creating knots. Mm -hmm. Depending on who you talk to, there are different amounts of knots you can use. Yeah. The generally speaking, the minimum is three. Lots of people will go to nine. Mm -hmm. Usually see the, the number of knots will be three, seven, nine, or 14 mm -hmm. seem to be the sort of standard amounts that people prefer mm -hmm. for a witch's ladder. But really it's whatever number is appropriate for your purposes. Mm -hmm. And there are some pretty standard incantations that mm -hmm. go like a rhyme that go with each knot. Although you can just focus on your intention right. for each knot and each object as you, as you bind it in. Although it is kind of Fun and, it's and it's more fun to do the incantation, to do the chant, and also, do you remember Orion Foxwood? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is uh, something that uh, I, I took a class with Orion Foxwood. Love Orion. Several years ago now. Yeah. About using chants and rhymes yeah. in, in magic. And not only do chants and rhymes help with raising energy mm -hmm. and help with inducing trance states mm -hmm. and sort of invoking your intention very directly. Mm -hmm. They also, especially if you're using chants or rhymes that have been around for a while mm -hmm. and that are used by a lot of people and that have folklore associated with them, those chants and rhymes develop their own magic. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a spirit of that chant. There's a spirit of that rhyme that brings when you use that chant or that rhyme that has that history, that has that that background radiation of magic to it from all the people who use it, it builds even more energy into the spell than you could on your own. So there's that to consider. So some of those standard rhymes, it can I know it can feel cheap to use like a standard couplet, a standard rhyming chant mm -hmm. for your incantation. But sometimes those rhymes have been around for, for a while. A long time. I find that I find rhyming when I'm casting mm -hmm. a spell for an incantation. I do find it does raise energy. It does kind of get me into that focusing on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your mind is going to wander less mm -hmm. if you're focusing on your chant or your yeah. rhyme as there's you're a, doing it. There's a method to the madness. There is. Yeah. There really there's is. a reason people do it. I know it, feel, a it can feel silly. 
but it, it does actually serve a magical it, purpose. It, it does. It, it actually does. So obviously you can do without, but don't let just the silliness of it put you off. Yes, exactly. Because it can be a very powerful tool. So this is a, a traditional rhyme that's used for a nine knot witch's yeah, ladder. Standard. Which is, by knot of one, the spell's begun. By knot of two, it cometh true. By knot of three, thus shall it be. By knot of four, tis strengthened more. By knot of five, so may it thrive. By knot of six, the spell we fix. By knot of seven, the stars of heaven. By knot of eight, the hand of fate. By knot of nine, the thing is mine. Mm -hmm. And you can do that as you're, like, as you're weaving mm -hmm. this. Yeah, you part. would say each rhyme, the appropriate rhyme, as you did as that you knot. did that knot, exactly. And then you could use sort of a holding rhyme in between as you're mm -hmm. braiding. There are a lot of standard witch power raising mm -hmm. rhymes that you can find around. Or if you're just inspired, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I... Yeah, find, follow the vibes. Just follow the vibes. Sometimes if you... So if, a, if words just come to you, say those words. Say those words, especially if they, you know, they're, because they're probably going to be strengthening your intention mm -hmm. and it's coming from your intuition. It's coming from your spirit and your energy that you're raising. It could be coming from your spirit allies. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of reasons. So follow your gut. Yeah. Just go with it. Follow your intuition. Follow and your that's intuition. very much the way for this kind of folk magic yeah. because you're going to find there's not working with textiles, working with mm -hmm. string, weaving, sewing, all that kind of stuff. It, because it's very, folk tradition mm -hmm. and to an extent because it is a traditionally a woman's task mm -hmm. and because it's not very how do I put this it's not work for the upper classes it's for the common folk. it's for common folk you'll find that this kind of work doesn't have a lot of the like Fufara. No, it's very simple. That you find in like ceremonial magic. Yeah, ceremonial have, magic isn't really going to do a lot with this. This is, you know, you've got the the kind of I find them. You know, I don't like these terms of low magic and high mm -hmm. magic. This is folk magic, and yeah. it's very basic. This is what you know people have been doing for thousands of years. This kind of folk and, magic, and part of that, that is, is passed because, down in families. And part of that is because you need so little to do it. Mm -hmm. Like if you're truly desperate, you can get a thread like off of your your shirt, like mm -hmm. a, like a loose thread off of a sweater, and use that mm -hmm. to to make a witch's and, ladder to to do knot magic. And most people are going to have access to some kind of fabric, mm -hmm. even if even if you can't go out and buy fabric, you're you know you there's can use something in your house that you can your disassemble. House. All or right. even, like I said, even if you're homeless, there, you probably have a loose thread somewhere on your clothes that you can use. I have made poppets out of old shirts, pillow stuffing, mm -hmm. and thread, because I always have thread and needle around, yeah. you know, for repairing stuff. Minor repairs. Minor yeah. repairs. So I've made poppets just on what I have. Yep. And, you know, you, you go with what I don't think we've have. ever bought something specifically for a poppet. Once. But I bought a big, I went to the store and I found... A, a package of fabric mm -hmm. and I still have it downstairs mm -hmm. and I've used yeah. it a couple of times. Yeah. 
basic black right because we needed a specific color anyway. right and I, well and black can you can use it for anything right yeah it's multi-purpose it's multi-purpose but i think we didn't have any spare black fabric in the house yeah, at the time so exactly we were like all right fine i'll go get some yep but i do think people should give not magic a try um I yeah use, and even aside from from a witch's ladder where you're mm -hmm. not where you're tying things into the cord you, right. can, you can just tie intention into exactly. the knots with nothing else which is what i have done a number of times i haven't actually made a traditional witch's ladder mm -hmm where you put in the, the items. I have used Not Magic, though, with money jars to yep. in and tied yep. it around the jar and yep. did the, you know, you created the knot. the intention into the knot. The I've, done, I've done that for a couple of things. And yep. as you're saying the rhyme and you're mm -hmm. making the knot, you're weaving that intention to each and every knot. I, I find I often use Not Magic in conjunction with other kinds yeah. of, of work for a spell as mm -hmm. part of a spell rather than as a whole same work that's that is the i that's why i'm saying i've never done i feel like a witch's ladder your it's, traditional right. it's witch's just sort ladder of a whole thing is a whole thing but not magic mm -hmm. is something that i have used in conjunction yeah. to strengthen intention in another in a spell that i'm doing yeah and it's it can very be versatile it's very versatile I, and you can do it with anything i used a little bit of not magic even when we were doing that spell for your cancer mm -hmm. because I symbolically bound the cancer mm -hmm. with string. We tied the cancer up yeah. into a knot of string that mm -hmm. we could dispose of yes. because we wanted to remove it from your body. Another way you can use knot magic, um, if you are creating a, a, a spell bag mm -hmm. and you are tying that bag and, and you want to, mm -hmm. if you have nimble fingers, because right. sometimes those, they're very small, they're, they're rather small, you can do like a three knot mm -hmm intention of sealing that spell yep. with with not magic yep so there's lots there's it's actually really versatile it's extremely versatile and very yeah. it's very versatile it's very practical it's very homespun exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's what folk magic is and I, I think that's why i love it because yeah it's very practical and it's very accessible it's very accessible it's like candle magic it's yeah. it's so easy to get the stuff you need mm -hmm. and it's so easy to like grasp the concepts. Mm -hmm. So I think it's 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 one of the most accessible forms of magic. And I don't understand why it's not more widespread. I wonder that as well. I think it's because possibly, I don't know, because it feels like from back then. Like I guess, yeah, ancient. it feels old fashioned. It feels old fashioned. But it's old fashioned in the right way. It really you is. You know, it's, it's old fashioned because it's worked forever. That's right. Join our Tiger Kelly on a visit to Tree Wizard Creations where you can find custom engraved creations for all paths. They offer unique gifts and tools for altar, home, practice, and family. In addition to their standard product range, they offer custom commissions. If you can dream it, the wizard will create it. Contact them at treewizardcreations at gmail.com. Follow them on Facebook or find them online at treewizardcreations.com. That's treewizard, W-Y-Z-A-R-D, creations.com. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. Midnight Dove says it could also be like how candle magic may be seen as beginner, so oh, is undervalued. That is an excellent point. Yes. And I think witches, from beginning to mm -hmm. advanced, need to remember that simple, simple works. works. <laughs> It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to doesn't be, have to be complicated. complicated. That that was one thing. I was in a, a, a class kind of a situation mm -hmm. where it was being implied that it to be true magic, it had to be complicated. And I was like, no. no it does not. It, <laughs> it absolutely doesn't. It, it does can not. Be, 
It can be something you can do in your car on the way to work. It can be something you do as part of your morning routine. Yeah. You can knot good intentions into your shoes when you tie your shoelaces mm. in the morning. You can, it like, does not have to be complicated or hard or take a long time. It, it really doesn't. And I, I do think that, and that gets us back to our roots of folk magic mm-hmm. because that's what folk magic is about. It's about taking care of you, your family, and weaving your magic into what you do every day. Exactly. That's why kitchen witchery is so popular. This is about, this is that re-enchantment concept right Mm -hmm. of like the world has been disenchanted over time by skepticism and faith systems that disparage magic and Mm -hmm. and all these things um and so we've separated the Mm -hmm. spiritual and the secular in our minds Mm -hmm. but they are they're not separate things they are the same thing you're living your spiritual life at the same time that you're living your secular life exactly i mean think about it if you're a parent and you have kids and you're t- helping them tie their shoes, mm-hmm. you know, you can be tying protection through the knots that you tie into their shoe. Now, I know a lot of them have Velcro. Right. But, you know, <laughs> there are other ways to, to do that. Uh, a kitchen which stirs peace and calmness into or, or love or into a yeah. soup. Whatever you, you do. You do the exact same thing, tying your shoes, mm-hmm. tying whatever. Like, you've got shit on your body that you tie, probably. Exactly. And you can teach your little children witches mm-hmm. to, to do the same, to to bring magic tie into their Tie a bow life. in your hair. Like, there are so many ways to incorporate this into your life, just casually. It really doesn't have to take a long time Mm-mm. or be difficult. And I do think that there is, we, we talked about this before, there's this idea of the aesthetic mm-hmm. of witchcraft. And I think it does, In while it's beautiful and it's awesome. And right, and that beauty also has value and it purpose. It has value and purpose. I think we cannot forget that the simple and the basic does not mean beginner. Yeah. It, it's just as advanced as anything else. Yeah. It's just simple. Yep. and practical and something you can do with the stuff you have around your house. Exactly. Rhiannon Gray says more complicated typically equals more expensive. Yeah. Classes amount of magic. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And a lot of it does come down to I need to buy this, this or I need yeah. to buy that. And that can or be... even time investment. Yeah, exactly. But heck, you can buy a lot of stuff you need for magic at the Dollar Tree. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. If you don't already just have it around Exactly. Your house. Exactly. Which half the time you will. Speaking of practical, we yes. will move from not magic into puppets. Yes. Because this is also a form of sympathetic magic mm-hmm. that you can use a lot of things for. I think a lot of people think of puppets as strictly that, those little gingerbread shaped dolls, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but they don't have to be. They don't have to be. You can traditionally, a puppet can be made from a corn cob, mm-hmm. from uh, you know those corn dollies? Yeah, that's a that's puppet. a puppet. Husks. Yes, but corn husks or uh, tamale husks that you can get at the store year round because mm-hmm. they're malleable because yeah. you can use them. You know, and, and they can be easier to find than corn husks. I've heard apparently they also make little dollies out of snapdragons. Oh yeah, so you get the little snapdragon skirt and everything. Oh, I yeah. love that. So uh, all kinds of things you can use. But getting back to the focus of this episode, <laughs> which is fabric. I know, I know. <laughs> and textile. I know, I know. I just wanted to throw in there yes. that if Puppets you, are also versatile. Puppets are very versatile. And if you don't, for some reason, have cloth, mm-hmm. needle, and thread, you can still make a poppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can, can still make, make a poppet. You can even make a really simple fabric poppet mm-hmm. with no needle, a patch of fabric, 
and a piece of string, mm -hmm. you can, you know, those little like ghost shapes with like a mm -hmm. head and then just like a yeah. big fluffy skirt. You can do that you just too. Just put the stuff in the middle of the, the, the fabric square, tie it around the head mm -hmm. so that, that the stuff you put in the middle becomes the head of the doll. And then the rest is just fluffy, mm -hmm. ambiguous body shape. You can actually shape some of that into mm -hmm. a body as well. Yeah, with more string. With more string. But um, a poppet, basically, it's sympathetic magic. Mm -hmm. It is creating an effigy, yep. uh, a shape that is generally human, typically human, typically yeah. human shaped, that you use to cast spells on, mm -hmm. and that poppet stands in place of the person. Right. It represents the it person. It represents the person. So what you do to the poppet then is transfers and, ref and reflected to the person mm -hmm. who you're casting the spell on. Yep. Now, some people will use poppets for things like healing, mm -hmm. for love magic, blessing, you know, right. I think the like I think the people imagine them mostly as being for curses, but they really are. They, they can be used for anything. Yeah. But yes, they are also used for curses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're your typical doll where you see people, you know, sticking with pins. Sticking with pins. But what you do is you would take a piece of cloth and you would uh, use some kind, you can just do a basic gingerbread man pattern. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you have the reflected side so that you can fold it in, you know, and sew it up. But inside you would put some kind of stuffing. Uh, mm -hmm. You can use, like I said, I've used pillow fluff. You can right. use cotton balls, but you would also use, you can use grass. And yeah, leaves. you can use grass and leaves, but you can also use various herbs, mm -hmm. different kinds of plant matter, leaves, stones, yep. anything that is going to strengthen your intention for whatever purpose this poppet has. Yeah. And you sew all of that. Inside. Inside. Usually it's, with a tag lock. Yes, you need to have some kind of tag lock. Even if it's just that person's name mm -hmm. written down on a piece of paper, you, you sew it into the into the in poppet. Yeah. But you can also um, nowadays people will print, you know, print off pictures and, picture. and uh, sew it to the face, or you can use a needle and thread and embroider a mm -hmm. face or a sigil or Put a little yarn hair on it. Yeah, there's all kinds of things you can you do. You can make a little poppet. clothes for it. You can do all kinds of things. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can make very elaborate poppets if you you're so make, inclined. Yep, or you can do like me. I'm super basic. Mm -hmm. I you just, do the gingerbread. I man. do the little gingerbread man. It generally, if I do a face. It's usually done with, uh, you know, permanent marker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I smile. Little smile. <laughs> Again, I, I usually put either stones or herbs and things of that nature into the poppet, sew it up, and use it as part of the spot. Okay. Swan asks, what's your opinion on using glue? I assume you mean to join the pieces of the poppet? It depends on how you intend to use it. Mm -hmm. I, feel I, like I don't think like a hot glue is going to stand up as well, mm -hmm. generally speaking. But if you have some kind of mobility issue that makes it difficult mm -hmm. for you to, to, to sew manually, right. then use whatever you got, do whatever you have to. I do find it for those who are, are able and capable to, of using, you know, have the dexterity to, mm -hmm. to use a thread and needle by doing the motions of the sewing and closing it up as you go, mm -hmm. it, it, that also is your, your sewing in your intention. It helps you yeah. focus. You don't, I don't necessarily chant a rhyme when I'm doing it. I'm just right. focused but, in on those stitches in and out, in and out until the And that again is, is a, is a sort of trans inducing. Yeah repetitive, repetitive passing and then at the end you can use not magic again mm -hmm. to finish it off yep. you can i've used tr you know triple and, and knots and i've used nine, nine folds, nine yeah. folds and 
Rochelle says, so Dasvid and I are apparently hearing you differently. Are you using puppets as conduits for spells or as vessels to hold the spells? You can do it you both can do ways. Both. It depends how you build your puppet. Yeah, but I am more inclined to use puppets as the conductor, as a conduit right. for this. Yes, you can do it both ways. Yes. Just you can't do it both ways at the same time. Right. You have to decide what is your puppet being used yes. for. Is it... At the time of creation. At the time of creation, is it holding the spell? Or is it channeling or is it the channeling spell? Because you can do both. I yes. feel like for for healing, you can definitely use it as a channel. Mm -hmm. For other purposes, you might want to hold. It's, 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 you know, it's entirely it's dependent totally on up to you. how you design your puppet. Like I said, these are very versatile. They're mm -hmm. very individual. Yeah, like if you're using... Like, if you're creating a, a puppet, let's say, for a prosperity kind of situation, mm -hmm. you could definitely use a puppet to hold that To hold intention. the energy of prosperity. Yeah, to hold that and, like... And have and the puppet make sure it's directed at the right person. Exactly. exactly. Right? So, like, if I wanted to build a prosperity puppet for a particular person, I would make my little gingerbread man out mm -hmm. of an appropriate fabric. I would not fill it with pillow stuffing. I would fill it with herbs that are associated yes. with prosperity. prosperity. And I would like roll up a dollar bill and put that in there mm -hmm. and maybe a silver coin of some kind. I would sew it up and then I would design it to look like this person. I would put more effort into making the poppet mm -hmm. resemble the person I wanted to have this prosperity because I would intend for this puppet to be maintained mm -hmm. and for it to continue generating that prosperity energy. Mm -hmm. And I would keep it and I would continually refuel it with prosperity. I would anoint it with prosperity oils mm -hmm. and things like that. Now I have made a puppet in the past when I did, when I participated in the <laughs> bind Donald Trump right. style, but I used pillow stuffing for that because mm -hmm. obviously I, I was what we had. What we had. One of the great things about that is at the end, we threw that poppet onto yes. a bonfire. And boy, did it go up. And it, it was amazing. It took, it took a little bit. So there it was, was a, actually perfect timing. It was. There was a bit. So we threw it on the fire as we were doing the, we did as, whole we were, spell. as we were doing the incantations. Yep. And so it took the fire a little bit to, to burn through the fabric coating, the mm -hmm. outer fabric. Mm -hmm. And Right as we got to the final, the very final word, word of the incantation, it hit the pillow stuffing, and the whole thing just combusted. And it went, <laughs> it was and very dramatic. It was very dramatic. There was an atheist in the crowd who was like, was alarmed. The fuck out. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was truly perfectly. It was a perfectly. Timed. Could not have planned it no, better. Really couldn't have. <laughs> So it was it was great. But that is a way you can use a poppet too, yes. is if you feel like if you're doing something and the poppet needs to be destroyed in right. some way. Then don't put as much energy into making it look like the person. Yeah, don't put as much Just energy into it. Use your tag locks and make it person shaped and make sure it represents that person, mm -hmm. but don't like, you know, build little doll clothes for it. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if it's something that, again, you need to throw on the fire mm -hmm. to, like, cut something off, or if you need to cut it literally, right. chop it chop in half. Chop the head off or whatever. You know, yeah. to, to, to cut ties with someone mm -hmm. or, or whatever. These are all things that you can do. Now, even simpler than that, if you want to uh, cut ties with someone who you were very closely bound to mm -hmm. before, either through marriage or blood relationship mm -hmm. or mentorship or anything like that, you can do a symbolic knot mm -hmm. that represents your relationship to this person. 
funneling all the energy of that relationship into the knot, mm -hmm. building all your your resentments and anxieties mm -hmm. and, and all the reasons, everything you want to release about your relationship with this person, mm -hmm. and then cut that knot. Exactly, exactly. Now, I do want to say, this is an older book. I think it's out of print, but the book that I have is Magical Needlework by Dorothy Morrison. Classic. But one of the things that Dorothy Morrison talks about is that the great thing about fabric magic and using sewing and textiles. things like that, textiles, is that just like when you go into a store and you're holding a stone or you're following your intention with what kind of herbs you want to use or, or plant or things like that, you do the same thing when you're picking textiles. You follow your instinct. You follow your intuition. So I had a really hard time refining my search terms to get the information I wanted while I was doing research for this because it turns out there are products called Fabric Magic. Yes. <laughs> and so I did, I did so many like exclusions in my search it's terms. It was ridiculous tricky. getting to the, the resources I actually wanted. But I found a blog post from 2017 on a website called marjolinmakes.com. And I'm going to spell that. It's M-A-R-J-O-L-I-J-N makes.com. And she had a blog post in 2017 where she talked about the fact that not all fabric is created equal. That's exactly right. right? A lot of the times when we, when we talk about the correspondences in fabric and things. Mm -hmm. We we really only cover the surface level of like what color it is. Exactly. And that's missing the point mm -hmm. so dramatically because different kinds of textiles have different have energies. Different energies, different correspondences. So she has a whole list. Here are just I a, have some too. Yeah, so here here are just a few uh, of her suggestions. Denim for durability, labor, mm -hmm. independence, and rebellion. Chiffon for delicacy, elegance, and vulnerability. Wool for warmth, renewal, and resiliency. Yep. The thing is, like, what feels protective to you? What kind of fabric? If, like, if you're doing a protection spell and you want to use, do some kind of textile right. or, or needlework, what kind of fabric makes you feel protected? And that is something that you would focus on when you're choosing your fabric. Rochelle says leather. And yeah, that's my vibe too. Is mm -hmm. Yeah, leather would be the primo one. Wool. Wool. Yeah. Wool is, wool is, wool is um, warm. Slightly water repellent, right? Mm -hmm. It's slightly fire resistant. But another surprising one to me, and this is from Dorothy Morrison's book on magical needlework, mm -hmm. Silk. Yes. Because it was intended to become a cocoon. Yes. Originally. And, and well, and Rochala is reporting that Das Feed says silk for wealth mm -hmm. and adds would also say stealth armor. Mm -hmm. But there's also a lot of more modern folklore that silk is good for uh, containing magical energy, mm -hmm. right? That it, that it doesn't dissipate magical energy, which is why you see a lot of people recommending that you store your magical tools in silk. Mm -hmm. Here's another thing, cotton. There are various kinds of cotton. Some cottons are right. smooth, some cottons are a little knobbly. Yep. And so you would go, you would feel the different types of cotton because you have broadcloth, you have calico, you have percale. You have Oxford. There's all Or you get into types. like linens, which mm -hmm. historically were very fine, high quality cloth mm -hmm. was, was linen, an indicator of wealth mm -hmm. and of, uh, in some cases, in some cultures, ritual purity. It's also very comfortable, mm -hmm. very breathable. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. And then another one that's listed in this book is brocade. You want something for wealth or prosperity and you want to put some kind of a finish on it mm -hmm. that, that really kind of ties it all together. Brocade would be something that would be good as well. Felt, mm -hmm. velvet, all of these textile products are going to have different energies. energies. And not just based on, largely based on, right, how they feel to you texturally. Mm -hmm. You can engage your senses a lot with how you build your personal correspondences for various textiles. But mm -hmm. these textiles come from other sources. Wool and leather and cashmere. Mm -hmm. These come from various animals. So you're also so you're working bringing with, those with, with the energy and the spirits of those of those animals that produce these these products. But you're also bringing in the plants that right. create flax and cotton. Bamboo and nowadays. Bamboo, yes, are also entities that have their own spirits. Mm -hmm. And you're bringing that spirit into the process when you work with these fabrics. Mm -hmm. So bring more intentionality to what kind of fabrics you're using. Yeah. Beyond um, just the color. Yeah, beyond just the color of the fabric. Obviously, if you're in a pinch, use whatever you have. Yeah, exactly. But if you are building something very intentionally, like long term that you want to last or that you have the time and energy and money to really like focus all of the uh, focus on all the various elements. Remember that layer of yep. it, that that the fabrics themselves have different correspondences. And I also really encourage people and I know it can take time to build and create but I encourage people to um, become collectors yes. of herbs and candles and fabric fabric bits of fabric bits of yarn and mm -hmm. string whether it's something you <laughs> my cabinet my altar cabinet where mm -hmm. I keep all my magical stuff mm -hmm. is full of just so much like random bric-a-brac whether it is something that you purchased or something that was given to you mm -hmm. that you can repurpose or you know there's all kinds of, of things or wax from old candles that you can melt down and create a new candle I mean there's so much that you can collect and then use in spells and so you know, if you um, are following your intuition and you're a little bit flush with cash mm -hmm. and you can, you, you, you know, you're walking through a fabric store or you're walking somewhere and something speaks to you. Even if you don't have an immediate, even if you don't have an immediate for use for it, I would encourage you if you have the ability to mm -hmm. get it and then save it because someday you will have a reason for having that. You'll figure it You'll out. You'll figure it out. Kitty Catastrophe says thrift stores are your friend. Oh, That's absolutely. True. And remember that you don't have to go to a fabric store and buy a bolt of fabric. No. You can go to a thrift store and get a shirt for two ninety nine mm -hmm. that you're just going to cut up and use the fabric for things. Exactly. Or you can go to the dollar store. Mm -hmm. The black fabric that I got, was, that I still have in my cabinet, I have used it a few times, mm -hmm. I got for two fifty at Walmart. Yep. Because it was a square it, and it was in their arts and crafts place. So there are ways to do this economically. Yep. Our tiger Jim Two Snakes has spent much of the past three decades providing spiritual and emotional support for individuals that are looking for accountability, wisdom, and safe supportive space while they discover how to walk their own path. Jim is now offering his spiritual dad service in a Patreon structure. This informal program includes regular contact with Jim and specific guidance for what's going on in your life right now along with a talking stick monthly meeting for some levels and regular phone calls ranging from one to four times a month at other levels. Jim will help you with goal setting, ritual and energetic practice ideas, and teachings, suggestions, support, and accountability in whatever it is you want to accomplish. And because it is your path, he will adapt his suggestions to suit what works best for you. 
It's called Spiritual Dad, but there is no age limit. We all need spiritual and emotional support. To find out more, visit jimtwosnakes.net or patreon.com slash spiritualdad. Hail Dictinus. And uh, Swan says, I'm not craft hoarding. I'm prepared. Uh-huh. And then Kitty Catastrophe also says there are 99 cent curtains. Yes. Yeah. You can find it. You can find it. Uh, lots of options. Plus, if you go for, like, curtains or sheets mm -hmm. or pillowcases, you're going to find patterns. Yep. Interesting patterns that you can use. The last thing I wanted to touch on here is that textiles actually show up a lot in folklore. Yes, they do. So there are tons of deities out there who are associated with weaving, spinning, textile creation. Mm -hmm. The most the most famous and the one people are most familiar with is the story of Athena and Arachne. Mm -hmm. Athena, one of her things was weaving. That was one of her craft skills. Mm -hmm. And Arachne did it better than her and wouldn't shut up about it. And so <laughs> got turned into a weaving spider. That's right. But there was also Penelope, who was the wife of Odysseus, part of her story in the mythology is that she, every night, to stave off her suitors, weaves part of a burial shroud for Laertes, Odysseus's father, and at night, she unweaves everything, all, all the work that she's done so skillfully that no one can tell she's doing it, mm -hmm. and because her suitors have promised not to demand that she pick somebody, until she finishes this burial shroud, she's able to put them off mm -hmm. long enough for Odysseus to come home. There is... Frigga has some... The spindle. Some spinning and weaving associations, mm -hmm. yes. There's also Frau Hol or Frau Hulda, who is a uh, Germanic deity, question mark, folkloric figure. Mm -hmm. um, sort of like Baba Yaga, where there's sort of a question mark of like where on the scale she fits. Mm -hmm. But she watches over the spinning of German women mm -hmm. um, and sometimes Scandinavian women. Ensures that they produce good fabric mm -hmm. uh, among her many other tasks. There's also in, I love this story. So in Estonia, there is a story about a spirit called the Flax Mother. Oh. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. I, I read it years ago for some reason. I was looking up flax for some, one of the wiki dives I did. <laughs> was looking at the flax and the history of early textiles. So I, just, I learned about the Flax Mother. But the story is that there was a young man who was looking for something he could grow after his farm, like his, he lost a field in his farm, his whole field was just destroyed. And he had no more seed, so he was looking for something he could grow that would bring him the wealth he needed to survive. Going around looking for various plants, trying to find something with a viable seed. And finally, he, he goes way up into the mountains, and he gets into a cave, and he discovers this little blue flower that he's never seen before. But it's being guarded by the flax mother, who refuses to let him examine this flower or take any seeds from it uh, down to his farm. And so he, there's a whole little quest, essentially, where he proves himself to the flax mother and he proves that he's, he's worth this secret. And she teaches him how to turn flax into linen and gives him the seeds to take down with him and he starts the first textile production. He mm -hmm. he discovers quote yeah. discovers flax, how to spin flax and into into, into thread and thread. into textiles mm -hmm. uh, so that they could make clothes and, and it saved his life and it saved his village and it clothed the people of Estonia. Mm -hmm. 
and, and like one of the the early goddesses in ancient Egypt is Nit, mm -hmm. and one of Nit's primary functions is as a weaving goddess. Mm -hmm. She invents weaving and brings it to the Egyptian people and the ancient Egyptians were known as some of the finest weavers in the ancient world. They had some of the the finest textiles. In fact, we still talk today about Egyptian cotton. Talk. It's still very, very expensive. It's, it's still expensive to get, mm -hmm. yeah, Egyptian fabric because the reputation of Egyptian textiles is so high. So there's a lot of mythology in almost every culture mm -hmm. about uh, the development of textiles because it was such an important part um, of life. It would, yeah, it was a, it was just a critical technology for humans so that we could live in various climates. Well, and you see various fairy tales that mm -hmm. include, like you've got the shoemaker and the elves, so you're bringing the fae into that. Uh -huh. You've got the miller's daughter in Rumpelstiltskin mm -hmm. who taught her how to weave gold weave out gold. of straw to yep. save her life. You yep. know. Though, you know, those kinds of things also come into play. There's a story in Japan about a couple who they save a crane and the crane transforms into a young girl who uh, they adopt as their daughter. And she, every night, locks herself away and weaves beautiful, um, elaborately decorated clothing for them to sell. But they don't discover until she's almost killed herself doing it that she's weaving them from her own feathers because mm -hmm. she's the crane. These stories are literally mm -hmm. almost every culture on earth. Has some kind of story that revolves around textiles, mm -hmm. weaving, sewing, crafting in some form or other. Yeah, because we wear textiles mm -hmm. every day mm -hmm. and they're they're very ubiquitous and because of now, you know, fast fashion and sweatshops in India and deplorable conditions that produce our clothing that make them so cheap and so readily accessible, we don't respect, I think, the the process, the process, the ingenuity, the work, mm -hmm. uh, the blood, sweat, tears that went into the discovery of textiles, mm -hmm. the production of textiles, how much work it used to be to clothe a family. Mm -hmm. So I think part of working with textiles for magic is bringing an awareness of that mm -hmm. back into the process. Okay, I think that's it. I think we've covered everything we can. I mean, oh, well, actually, there's quilting, knitting. Oh, right. Cross-stitch. <laughs> Cross-stitch. Oh, my God. There are so many. There's so much. I guess what I can what I can say is there's so much you can do with sewing, with fabric, mm -hmm. with, you know, like, even if you're, like, I think someone said, Kitty Catastrophe made their kids' coats mm -hmm. this year. Not only Jackson, Jackson made me a crocheted blanket mm -hmm. uh, at one point. And the thing is, if you're putting your intention, even if you're not consciously putting your intention, you're creating something for someone you love. Mm -hmm. And so that is your intention. And so it's, you know... It, it's, it's just a matter of being more conscious about the magic you're exactly. doing. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's more, be more conscious when you're, with every stitch that you're putting in something, whether you're doing it by hand or by machine, whether you're cross-stitching or crocheting or knitting, whatever you're doing, remember that this is part of your magic. You can create magic with these very mundane things. I think you can even make an argument that textiles and tool use in general are inherently magic. Mm -hmm. I think you can make that argument because we're the only species on earth that makes textiles. Mm -hmm. Out of all the species on earth, there are other tool using species. We're the only ones who make textiles. Mm-hmm. I think there's something inherently magical about that. 
we create secondary skins for ourselves mm -hmm. and we decorate them. We use them to show different kinds of status and for different purposes. Mm -hmm. And we wear uniforms to, to, to show that we belong somewhere or that we're part of some tribe or that we, we have a specific jewelry. job or purpose. Yeah, I mean, we. I think there's an inherent magic to textiles. I think there is too. Even, even if you don't consciously put magic into them. Mm -hmm. I think it's just part of the existence of textiles as mm -hmm. magic. I think so too. And like Kitty Catastrophe, you know, they they create sigils and, and put protection into what mm -hmm. they're doing. Anyone can do that. It's the same as with the Kitchen Witch. You know, whatever they're cooking, they're putting yep. their intention is. It's the same thing with textiles. I think part of the problem is too, is that a lot of those like you were taught by my mother's cousins yes. how to cross stitch yep. and how to crochet and your brother really took to that but you were you were children they gave you both sewing boxes it was during it was during a family reunion. it was and they specifically went out and yep. bought you each a sewing box yep. and got you yarn and got you material yep. to and work thread with and, and threads and needles, needles and those little those little tomato yeah, yeah. pins they took you out specifically you yeah. and your brother to buy you these things and you just sat and learned from them. You mm -hmm. sat at their knees. Yeah, literally. we literally did. They sat in the chairs in the in the sitting room, and we sat on the floor at their knees. And we're and talking learned. about old women who were like in their seventies and eighties. Yes, 80s. they were absolutely my very, great aunts, very elderly women at this family reunion. And I was done with talking to other people, yep. and they were in a room sewing. And I went in there, and they basically said, "Well, if you're going to be in here, you're going to learn something." That's right. And same with your, you know, Ode's brother came uh -huh. along, and so they and they, they spent a couple of days yep. teaching you. And like I said, your brother is still using those yep. those, those skills. Uh, skills that he was trained. But I think part of the problem is is that we are actually as a, a country mm -hmm. uh, kind of losing. That that's actually been a concern. I it is actually about. yeah very difficult to learn how to sew if yeah, no one people, teaches you. People are that's something they I I read an article years ago saying people are are forgetting or losing we're losing those skills on Most how to knit don't. how to sew how to crochet yeah, how people to, don't know how to repair their own clothing how to repair clothing exactly because we're we're not teaching mm -hmm. our children to do that anymore our grandmothers and you know who used to do our that. Aunt. Are you know are, are we're not, separated from we're them separated from them by space right like I used to hand sew everything I, I hand sewed toys for my yeah. children for for my niece and nephew um, and things like that I mean but those are skills that you have to be taught yeah and, and they, they are, are a passed down kind they, of thing you can you can learn them oh absolutely you but can they, go to a class but they are much more difficult to learn by by YouTube video yes. or something like that than they are by having an old woman literally guide your hand mm -hmm. through the the threading process and sh having yeah. her critique the back of your cross stitch. So I think that could be a part of the reason why fabric magic and knot magic and things like that is kind of diminishing mm -hmm. from our consciousness as, as a magical community yeah. because we're more focused on What's fast? What you know, like what you can purchase. Yeah. What's beautiful? You know, what's on the internet? And and this and we, is, we this is a skill you have to sit down. Yeah. And it's a slow skill. It is. It is a slow skill. <laughs> it is that you learn over time. It's it's a very powerful skill. Yeah. And I'm not saying any of those things are bad. You know? No. I'm just saying we are we are losing something now, very precious and important. Now, fast fashion is bad. <laughs> yes. For ethical reasons, yes, there are ethical reasons, um, <laughs> and for sustainability reasons. 
Uh, and that's another reason you might want to consider if you don't know how to sew, if you don't know how to repair your own mm -hmm. clothing. There are actually classes you can you take. Can, exactly. And Joanne Fabrics at various uh, if you don't, fabric stores. If you don't have an elderly relative, if you don't to teach have you. someone who can teach you. I, I go to your if you if your grandmothers, if your great aunts are still living, go ask them. They'll probably be delighted. <laughs> it used to be very much the the fashion that to repair your clothes, you wanted your your repairs to be as invisible as mm -hmm, possible, mm -hmm. right? You didn't want your clothes to be visibly repaired, right? But there is now a movement towards visible repair where like if you get a hole in the knee of your jeans instead of throwing out those jeans and getting new ones because it's impossible to invisibly repair like a great big gaping hole mm -hmm. in a pair of denim jeans what you would do instead is that you would sew a patch on the inside leg of the jean beneath the hole in a bright fun fabric color right mm -hmm. and you would sew that in and it repairs the hole so that the the jeans are still usable and it becomes sort of a fun little fashion element, right? So you get a fun color or a fun pattern or whatever and you sew that in and it's visible through the hole in the jeans. Mm -hmm. Now your jeans have some character. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think these are all skills that if you have the time, and that's a big part of it too, is that we live in a society now that is so rushed mm -hmm. and, you know, it, you this these, again, these are skills that take time and energy. They take time to learn, they take time to do. Uh-huh, exactly. But I think in the end, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's and, worth it. And in terms of sustainability, it truly is better for the planet mm -hmm. and for all of the exploited workers mm -hmm. producing fast fashion uh, if we can reduce demand somewhat. And think of the nifty things you can mm -hmm. create with your magic, mm -hmm. uh, the things you can do for your family, for yourself, and for others. So a pentacle into your into the next holy genes you get. Yeah. We're going to call that episode I think, here? I think we are done. Yep. All right. You can find us on Google if you Google the number three and the letters... P-A-A-C, or the number three and the words, pay and send a cat. We're on all the media platforms as far as, you know, podcasts. Mm -hmm. and we're on the social medias and mm -hmm. all those things. We rarely update them, but we are there. <laughs> you know, it's just life, man. Uh -huh. I, we haven't even talked about what we're going to do for our anniversary episode. I don't even know if we're going to do an anniversary episode uh, yeah. at this point. We have no plans. We have no plans. Cars will we'll very rarely here. here anymore. So, so we'll see when we get we'll there. We'll see when we get there. It may be a surprise <laughs> to us as it is to you. Uh -huh. But, you know, um, we're just kind of going with the flow of life right now. Yeah. We're following the vibes. We're following the <laughs> vibes. But, yeah. So I think that's, I think that's it. Yeah, uh, I don't I think, think we have it. any other closing comments to make. Nope. Other than Google. Yep. Google us and do fun things with your textiles. Yes. Do some not magic. Yep. Teach your kids. Yes. <laughs> if you learn how to sew, teach, teach your children. Teach your children they how will, to sew, how to knit, how to crochet, all those yeah, things. Yeah, they will appreciate it sometime they when will. the inevitable climate apocalypse means half of the fast fashion industries in the world shut down. That's all right. right. Goodbye. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on, that, on that cheerful <laughs> on note. On that cheerful note. <laughs>